Galatians chapter 1 verse 1 and uh, verse 11 and onward we're gonna continue in our be free series help us Holy Ghost Bible says for I would have you know brothers that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel everybody say not man's gospel for I did not receive it from any man nor was I taught it but I received it through the revelation or a revelation of Jesus Christ for you have not heard you have heard rather of my former life in Judaism how I persecuted the church of God violently everybody say violently and tried to destroy it and I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people so extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers but when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles I did not immediately consult with anyone we're going to stop there one more time go ahead put those hands together and give the Lord praise thank you sir thank you sir I receive it in Jesus name and so look we have been for the past uh, we have been through for the past little while here um, we've been in the series now this is six week this is week six of our be free series we are going we've been going line upon line through the book of Galatians we believe that well we know that the Lord has written it this way uh, through his authors and the Apostle Paul is is concerned as we've been saying about the freedom of the church at Galatia the church of Galatia in ancient Anatolia which is now central modern Turkey and although this is the case there are things here in this book that are applicable unto us and we're believing for breakthrough and we're believing because God is concerned as much as concerned about your and my freedom as he was the church of Galatia and so I don't know what it is that you've showed up with on today I don't know what has your uh, family line in a place of bondage but we're believing and I'm believing and standing in faith for breakthrough and freedom if you believe it come on let's just charge this faith with this place with faith go ahead and put those hands together one more time if you have expectation through the preaching of the Word of God so we've been talking about freedom from anxiety and freedom from religious bondage and freedom from you know all of and fear and all these things freedom from your hang-ups your spiritual hang-ups and you know and I, I all of these various topics that we've been looking at we're specifically going forward today and I want to look at something and, and we'll unpack it as time goes on and so listen I you know some of you may know a little bit about my testimony personally the testimony of uh, my wife and I you know, in that we grew up in a religious context that uh, was heavy into works. And it was so focused on works. Uh, the grace of God was something that was on the back burner. You know, and we would sing stuff like Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. But it was, it was the songs like those didn't mean anything to us in that context uh, because the focus was on works namely and especially around the observance of holy days more specifically the sabbath 
And so as a child, I mean, we could, I could quote, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. The seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, and it thou shalt not do any work. Thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy strangers that's within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it from a child. We're singing, we're, we're, we're memorizing this. I, I knew songs. Uh, we used to sing songs about the Sabbath. And the funny thing is we would mock, uh, we would mock and, and thank God this is no longer the case, but we would mock Catholics uh, because we would say that they worship Mary. Uh, when in actuality, we would be doing the same thing to the Sabbath day that they would be doing to Mary. Why am I singing songs about the Sabbath when I should be singing about Jesus? And when I think about people like Paul, you know, who, where he was in his position, this is why I identify with his story so much is because I was in a similar place. I was someone that was extremely zealous for the law and law observance. And it was like that grace stuff is cute, but you, God gives us grace so we can keep the law. God gives us grace so we can get to a place where we work. And we had no assurance, as I shared with you, just the fear that had us bound. And I was that guy. I just think about it, man. Even though I was not saved and had no assurance, I used to go into places because as a musician, I used to play hypocritically, uh, but I justified it by saying it was a mission field. I used to play in what we called Sunday churches. And when we grew up in this organization, everyone who went to church on Sunday was going to hell because they were Sabbath breakers, right? And so it's crazy to me, and I showed you, if you missed last week's message, I can't, don't have time to go into it again, go listen to why we are not to keep the Sabbath or we're not commanded to do so any longer. And I broke it down and shared, you know, um, around that and how Christ is actually the fulfillment of the Sabbath and we have the rest the Sabbath pointed to in him. But it was crazy because we literally were to this place where we had no assurance, you know. And for me, I went into these places and these Sunday churches, which was just so hypocritical. Because I said, I'm going in there and I'll be playing the organ and playing the bass guitar and participating. But then after service, I would be going and rebuking the pastors. And I'd be like, you need to stop eating bacon. Bacon's going to send you to hell. And he actually has these letters now that we, I wrote to him. You know, and I'd be like, you need to repent. You're going to go to hell if you don't change and start keeping the Sabbath. And I'm just this young, zealous guy looking into the congregation to try and figure out which girl I was going to try to get with after service. But yet and still was so zealous to see, to spy out. Come on, somebody. The freedom of people who were walking in the grace and the freedom of the Lord. And so eventually, eventually, it's crazy to me, like he would, he would not fight with me. I would write him these crazy letters. I would tell him all of this stuff. And he would just be like, okay, okay. And it's crazy because the Bible in Titus 3, 9, it actually encourages us. And this is why I tell you, you're going, this is why, I, this is why I'm encouraging you around things such as the importance of knowing what the Bible teaches regarding the law and grace. And we're going to continue going deeper as we go through the book of Galatians. Paul unpacks it more and more. But I'm telling you, because you are going to encounter, if you have not yet encountered, freedom thieves like me that are going to show up 
and write you letters that are going to give you a track that in the middle of the night are going to come on on a telemercial or something of this nature or are going to show up on YouTube and tell you that you are not a Christian. And you are not truly walking in what God has because you don't observe a certain holy day or something of this nature or because of your dietary restrictions. And he was like, you know what? What I, what I love here about him and, I encourage, and I'm so encouraged by him is that in the book of Titus, what book did I say? I'm just setting this thing up. In fact, can you go ahead and put it on the screen? Titus chapter 3 verse 9. Titus chapter 3. Oh, it's there. Okay. Look at what he says. Y'all are fast. But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about, about what? The law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. And I had to get to the place where I realized, because once I came later down the line, when I came out of the organization that we were a part of that taught this stuff, I would yell and argue with people till I was blue in the face and nothing would happen. Trust me, I'm going somewhere with this thing. Because how many of you know that you cannot force or pressure people into freedom? Freedom happens by a revelation of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on. And the same way that God has done it for you is the same way he can do it for somebody else. But it does not happen through our abuse. Are you with me? And this is why the Apostle Paul says make sure that you don't waste time getting into stuff with people. Don't waste time arguing with folk. And they always ask baiting questions to lure you into endless conversations because they've already made their decision. Come on. But God is looking. I just feel it. God is looking for some people who have experienced his freedom that the same way that those individuals have made their decision, you have made your decision. Come on. And I'm standing on the word of God in the grace of God. And I know that there's no way that I could have have freedom if it was not for God's grace and there's no keeping and observation of any law or holy day or feast or dietary rule that is going to give me the freedom that the grace of God extends through Jesus somebody that believes it go ahead and make some noise in this place so that's why he didn't and later I asked him I said why why didn't you like check man's why didn't you go off on me and he's like because because there was a point in that time where I had an encounter with Christ at that church with the gospel which I'll talk and talk about a little further but in and in, in having that experience later down the line he said because you had the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit encounter the Bible says the spirit will lead and guide you into all truth and so he said as, as I was sure that the Holy Ghost got you I believed and knew that the Lord was going to deal with your tail as you continue growing in him and so it's crazy because listen man I used to my wife and I the first church that we pastored because I became a pastor in that organization and you know this was the type of stuff I used to do and I'm, I'm setting it up just so I tell on myself and you understand why I'm so passionate about this message and you know I, I, I there was a time when 
I made friends. And this is the thing. When we made friends, when I was in that organization, when we made friends with people who were not belonging to that organization, it was because we were mission friending. We were being friends with people with the purpose of getting them to repent and come to what we taught was the truth. And so what I would do, I'll never forget. My wife, she knows she was right. She was there. I was 20 years old. My first church plant within this organization. And I'll never forget, I invited all of my pastor friends out for our churches. I believe it was our one-year anniversary. And what I did is, at 20 years old, I invited them all to sit on the pulpit, in the, on the stage. What type of wastesuit move is this, right? <laughs> I put them all on the stage. And I begun to preach this message about how Sunday is of the mark of the beast. And if you observe Sunday or eat certain foods that you're going to hell and they need to repent. Pretty crazy, eh? I wasn't scared of nobody in those times. No tact, no Holy Ghost. And had them on there on the stage and they are looking, they're literally having a corporate heart attack. Some of them literally don't even talk to me to this day because I was in a place where I was spying out their freedom and I embarrassed them, attempted to embarrass them and put yokes, as the Bible talks about, things upon them that God was not even requiring. And the funny thing is when I thought that they were bound, I was actually the one that was bound. Isn't it something about hypocrisy and religiosity? When you think, I'm just setting this thing up, when you think that you got it right, when you think that you got it all together, that in actuality, oftentimes, the people that you're looking down your nose at are in a better position than you are. Oh, it's mighty quiet in here. That's okay. And so I had two eternity-shifting encounters and. You know, um, the Lord had impacted my life greatly. The, the pastor that I was there, you know, before I even started that ministry, as I was telling you about, you know, I would hear the gospel. Jesus came and Jesus died for my sins and he lived perfect because I couldn't. And he rose from the dead with all power in his hands. And if you would put trust and faith in him, his grace, which means his work and his favor, his righteousness on our behalf, that you would have eternal life. And, you know, I'll never forget I was there in my living room in the States is where I was living at the time. And I'll never forget in that moment hearing, hearing and, and coming to a place and when I was reading through the scriptures by myself nobody was preaching to me at that moment but the Holy Spirit was preaching to me and in reading Matthew Mark Luke and John I came to the revelation in that moment Christ was so clear before me and I realized how much of a sinner I was in need of his salvation and in that moment right there on my couch I realized that the point of the Bible was not the Sabbath, but the point of the Bible was Jesus. And there on my couch, I had this encounter and gave my life to the Lord. And many other things happened out of that moment that I can't go ahead and talk about right now because of the sake of for the sake of time. But also later down the line, after I was this freedom thief and I was doing this stuff and going and trying to find people who were in freedom. And bring them back into a place of bondage. God, Pastor Jonathan, who was here a couple weeks ago, God used him to come into my life just in a random moment. 
and that of my wife and I. And we ended up studying scriptures together and was challenged to a place where I realized that my thinking was erroneous. And God set me on a place of freedom. And now, by God's grace, it's not about Saturday. It's not about Sunday. It's not about any of these things. It's not about dietary law. I'm so glad that I get to stand. And this is why some of y'all wonder, why is this pastor so passionate? Why is it that he's so sick? Because I used to be bound. Come on. I was bound, but now I'm free in Jesus. I wonder if I'm the only person in here or if there's some people that can let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he had. Was there anybody? Your thing might not have been religious bondage, but I wonder if there's anybody that was bound by anything, but you had an encounter with the life and eternity changing power of Jesus and he's changed your life. Somebody give the Lord praise and shout unto him in this moment. So I love this because Paul is an individual that he starts in this passage. He has a similar experience. Bible says in verse 11, for I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached to me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Christ. And so Paul, what is he talking about? He had in the book of Acts chapter 9, which I'll reference again. You can write this down. Please go and read that whole chapter. Look at Paul's transformation story. The apostle Paul goes and he has this life-changing encounter where he is on his way to persecute Christians. So the Apostle Paul was a freedom thief of all freedom thieves. He was going out with an attempt to go and find people who were in a place of freedom through Christ and get them to a place where they would start observing Judaism. And so he was in this place and that was what he was doing. He was on his way to get people, to find people who were doing so and bring them even to a place of murder where they would be killed because they were following Jesus. And on his way, the road of Damascus, the Bible makes it clear that he ends up having an encounter with Jesus. Jesus shows up to him on the road of Damascus right there in the middle of his mess. Right there, as he's headed to go and persecute some more Christians, Jesus is revealed to him and calls him simultaneously into ministry and lets him know that he's going to use him and later declares that his call is to the Gentiles or people who were non-Jewish. And that's so powerful, which we'll get into uh, in the weeks ahead. But he ha kind of has, in that moment, he has a, a, uh, a similar experience. He's saved and not only that, but he is delivered because he realizes that the religion that he was following was not what God's design was for. And also he was called into ministry. So it's like a threefer in that moment. Now the thing is, notice Paul says that the gospel was preached to him is not man's gospel and that he didn't receive it from any man but, and was not taught it but received it through a revelation of Christ. Now, I want you to note this because some people take stuff like this and they run with it. Paul is not saying, and I got to just say this, that we're not to receive the gospel or the word through man. Because some people be like, oh, see, Paul, nobody taught him. Nobody said it to him. He didn't get it from a man. So that means I don't need no pastor. That means I don't need no preacher. That means I don't need to show up to church. It's just me and Jesus and a revelation. Of, no, that was not his point. 
Because remember, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, verse 14, how will they hear unless there is a preacher? How will they hear the word of God unless there is someone who preaches it? What Paul was doing in this moment was rather, he was rather defending his apostleship. Because the thing is that there were 12 apostles who had a direct encounter with Christ and they walked with Christ. And the apostle Paul comes along years later. And so there are many who were denying that he was an apostle. Number one, because of what he used to do. How many of you know that people, people won't let you outlive your past? Come on. And so because of what he used to do, I'm just sending this thing up, but also because of how he was called. Because he was called on a road to Damascus and where he was in this position. So he's here defending his apostleship saying, listen, the way that I heard the gospel is the same way that you other apostles did. I had an account encounter with Christ. So here he is defending his apostleship. Saying that I'm on the same cat in the same category as the other 12. I'm not an individual that was just an honorary apostle as some were and as and, and, and as the role continues in the year years after. But I am numbered in this sort of a place. And so this is what he was. This is what he was saying. But there's something that he says that is applicable is still applicable to us. And I believe that it's important as we go forward. Here it is. He says in verse uh, in verse 12, for I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation. Everybody say a revelation. revelation. A revelation of Jesus Christ. Now here, Paul is not saying that you have to be to a place where you see the manifest presence of Jesus in order to have a legit encounter that you've got to have a personal visit from Jesus as some people will talk about that you have to have this in order to have a legit call on your ministry but he's saying and he's making it clear and I believe it's legit here's point number one true recipients of the gospel have had a personal revelation of Jesus what do you mean by this in other words just like I was on my couch and I was there I heard the gospel preached time and time again the death the burial the resurrection of Christ but on my couch is when it became real to me there was something that happened on the inside where the thing that was preached connected with the thing that was in my heart the stuff that was in the word came alive in my heart yeah, 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 and there's some of you that you have heard the preached word. You hear me week after week declaring things and talking about freedom and the reason why you have not yet encountered and had a life-changing encounter with God, with Christ is because you have not yet had a revelation of the things that you are hearing. And so a revelation, a revelation, personal revelation is important. How many of you know that it don't matter if you're coming to church because your grandmama grew you, raised you in church. If you're coming to church and you read the Bible and you quote scripture just because of tradition. Come on somebody. How many of you know that tradition is not sufficient? Come on. Tradition alone is not sufficient. Religion alone is not sufficient. You got to get to the place where you have a revelation 
of Jesus Christ for yourself. I know that he provided for your grandma. I know that she used to sing about how he's Jehovah Jireh, but I wonder if it's one or two people that understand you got to get to the place where you got more month than money. Come on. And you're wondering how the bills are going to be paid. And the fact is that every now and again that God will show up as a provider. And so now you don't just know about his provision because of what your grandmama said, but you know about it because of what he did for you and your life. Somebody that knows that he is what he says he is giving the praise. You got to get to the place where it leaves just the paper and it becomes flesh in your life where you get the revelation for yourself. The fact is that's why some of us still lukewarm because you have not yet had the revelation. That's why some of you, you still won't give because you don't truly understand the blessing that's attached to you sowing into the kingdom of God. And you can say, yes, that's why I see some of y'all still tipping Jesus like a bad waiter. You give the waiter more than you give Jesus. Come on. And Jesus woke you up this morning y'all thought I was playing today no I came for blood because I want to encourage somebody oh yeah the pastor just want no you know by now that I don't want or don't need your money but I encourage you to give because you can be blessed through your giving and you give that person that spilt water on you that brought back your order the wrong way y'all don't want to talk to me that you said you don't want any onions and they brought a lot of onions and they in fact brought a side of onions on it and you giving them 18% but you can't even give 10% to some because of a lack of a revelation so I'm not going to fight with you. you got to have a personal revelation. So it is with salvation. There's some of you that are still walking in bondage, wondering whether or not God loves you. Come on, somebody. You're in bondage and you're wondering whether or not, and you show up week after week, and you're like, God doesn't love me, and I'm, we're waiting for the lightning to strike. And then even though we told you no perfect people allowed, and that God died for your sins, even before you took your first breath. You know why? Because the fact of the matter is, until you get a revelation for yourself it's going to live on the paper instead of in your heart it's something supernatural the holy spirit is in this place and the bible makes it clear in in, in our matthew chapter 16 there's a story where and i love this because when it comes to the gospel it comes through personal revelation of jesus but also as it pertains to our sanctification or us walking god forming himself in us from the inside out here it is in matthew chapter 16 and on uh, chapter 16 verse 13 through 18 the bible says now when peter came into the district of caesarea philippi he asked his disciple when jesus did rather he asked his disciples who do people say that the son of man is and they said some say John the Baptist others say Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets he said to them but who do you say that I am in other words it don't matter what other people are saying about me what do you say about me doesn't matter what Pastor Andrew says about Jesus. What do you, what, who do you believe that Jesus is for yourself? Because that's the only time that it's going to become efficacious in your life. Then he goes on and he says in the text, 16, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father 
who is in heaven. Then he goes on and gives him his assignment and says, you are Peter. And on this church, I build my on this rock. I build my church. The gates of hell won't prevail against it. And I give you the keys to the kingdom here in this moment. He gives through revelation. Because Peter is to the place where it's revealed to him. And then he goes on, he says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. And so the apostle Paul, although he is speaking about his apostleship and that he received a revelation of Christ, a manifest revelation of Christ in order to be called to be an apostle. The fact of the matter is that it still applies to you and I. Some of y'all are big mad, aren't you? That's okay. I want you to grow and be free. Watch. But the fact of the matter is that Christ, a revelation of him. And a personal revelation of him is what it takes for us to be able to move in to what God has called us to. Are you with me? This is why the Bible would say, write it down in 1 John chapter 2, verse 26 and 27. The Bible says that in these days that you won't even need any man to teach you. But he says that the anointing, which is the Holy Spirit of God in us, the anointing of God will teach you in this time. What is he saying? Again, is he saying, no, you don't need preachers? No, Ephesians chapter 4, 11 and onward makes it clear. He gives apostles and prophets and pastors and evangelists and teachers for the work of the ministry, for the edification of the body, to build them up to a place of maturity. So no, he's not saying that, but he's saying that even with the preaching of God's word, it is the Holy Spirit when you submit to God that opens your heart to have a revelation. And there are some of you in this place today. Here it is. This is, this, this is what's standing between you and this revelation is that you are trying to use your natural eyes and your natural mind to wrap around stuff that is spiritual. Come on. And you've been up in the night, some of you, and you're like, man, I can't figure this out. And you're listening to all of these carnal people online that have not had an encounter with Christ that are trying to bring you into a back into a place of bondage but I want to encourage you on today come on somebody that you've got to realize that you've got to open your heart and say Holy Spirit I need you to teach me come on I need you to bring to life in my heart the things that I am hearing come on you've got to mix faith with what you're hearing and that's what bling brings you to a place of freedom are you with me and notice this as we continue in the passage in Galatians chapter 1. It says, I didn't receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism. Everybody say, in Judaism. How I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. There's some people who think that Christianity is, just un is, is also under the umbrella of Judaism. And that we are the true Israel and that we're supposed to be pursuing becoming Israel. And that's why all of these movements are rising up telling you, you need to come be an Israelite and you need to come in this sort of a position. When in actuality here, note this, Paul makes a clear distinction between Judaism, which is what he used to do and what he's doing right now. Oh man, this is important. Y'all need to understand it. So when somebody shows up and tells you, oh, you got to be an Israel. No, he's making a clear distinction that what he was doing in the past was something that was in the past. And it was something that, was, that he was not supposed to be doing any longer. And now that he's walking in what he calls in Acts chapter 9, go read it, the way, or as we know it as Christianity. It's something that's different than Judaism. So don't let anybody tell you, don't let anybody tell you that they are one in the same. 
He makes a clear distinction. And I, I love this because look at what Paul says. He says in the text for in verse 13, for you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism between beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely, there's the word again, zealous was I for the traditions of my father's. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me. There it is revelation again. In order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. And that's important. But note this. He was zealous. Everybody say zealous. He was zealous for something that God. Here it is because I'm not calling Judaism evil. Christianity finds its roots therein. Jesus was a Jew, but Jesus came and the Bible says he came first to save those who were Jews and under the law and then extend this beyond Judaism and those who grew up in that context to everyone who would call upon and put trust and faith in him for salvation. But look at this. It's powerful because look, so I'm not calling Judaism itself evil. But what I'm saying is, is that Paul was zealous and zealous meaning possessed great energy and enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an objective. He was zealous for something that God was no longer calling for him to operate in. Ah, this is what I want to deal with today. See, look, it's not that it was a bad thing before. But the fact is that he was still zealous for something that God was moving in in the past, but was not calling him to operate in in the present. Can I give you point number two? Here it is. Be on the screens for you. Just because God was in it before don't mean, and it don't say don't mean, but I'm just put it in there. Don't mean he's for it now. Listen, man, the fact of the matter is that Judaism, the Bible lets us know, and that were the carriers of the law, that it was meant to be the foreshadowing to Christ, the things that were included in Judaism, the things that they stood for. Uh, the fact is that the laws that were in there were meant to point and bring people to freedom in Christ. And what the issue was is that Paul and many of the people who were in Judaism at that time, their efforts and their put their their zeal their zealousness. Uh, their zeal rather was being invested in this thing and they missed they missed the savior many of them missed the fact that all of these things as we learned last week in in matthew chapter 5 verse 17 that jesus came to, to be the fulfillment of these practices that they carried out and they missed it and as a result of them missing it they continued being zealous in this thing. And man, I'm telling you, there are so many. This is what I want to deal with. Freedom from wasting time. Uh, 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 see, look, 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 look. The issue is, watch, there are many of you and many of us who are zealous. Come on. We are zealous and we are passionate. We, are, we, are, we have the right motives, but we're headed in the wrong direction. Uh, I just want to help somebody because just because God there are many of you the reason why you're still in it is because watch this you may have even have gotten a revelation from Christ about the thing in the past but now you look like somebody wearing snow pants in the middle of summer because you're out of season come on because that which God had an anointing on before yes he had an anointing on it before and you, you've made a sacred cow out of something that was only supposed to bring you from the first grade to the second 
second grade, from junior high to high school, come on, from high school to college, but now you're in a different category and you're still looking to the thing that brought you to where you are instead of moving in to the newness that God has for you. And see, some of you, you don't understand because you're saying, but God doesn't change. What are you saying, Pastor Andrew? The Bible says, I am God and I change not. I'm telling you, God might not change, but he moves. <laughs> oh, this is word, man. I hope y'all are grabbing this stuff. God doesn't change, but he moves. Come on, somebody. And when the Israelites were following after God, if they were not following his movement, come on, even though he was still a loving God, he was still a merciful God, he was still all of these incredible things, but God moves. And if you miss the movement, you can get to a place where you are stuck and zealous and passionate about something that is taking you in the wrong direction. This is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about especially freedom from frustration. There are many of you who are frustrated today. You're frustrated and you're like, I have the right heart, pastor. And I have the right motive. And I've been doing, you don't even know how long I was doing this. You don't, and see, the fact of the matter is that it's not about your motive. Come on, I hope this is setting somebody free today. It's not about your motive. It's not about your love. I know you love them. It's not about any of this stuff. Sometimes it's because you are zealous and headed. You got the right motive, but you're headed in the wrong direction oh man see you need to understand this some of y'all say well they didn't hear anything about jesus in the old testament i want you to write this down hebrews chapter 4 i don't have time to unpack it hebrews chapter 4 verse 1 through 11 bible makes it clear that the same way the gospel was preached to is preached to us that the gospel of the messiah yeshua hamashiach that jesus the Christ, the anointed one, that he would come, he would come down the line through virgin birth. It was prophesied in Isaiah. All of these things were declared. They heard the gospel the same way that we did. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, 1 and, one and onward. But they did not mix faith with what they heard. And so then when the cue came for the shift... They missed it and they continued idolizing things that pointed to the Savior who showed up among them. Oh my, I just want to help somebody. I know for some of you, if with your religious hangups, it's because God was moving in your grandmama's church, even the church that you've been in. There's some of you, you've been in church for a long time, but the church that you're in is not going anywhere. Come on, somebody. And you're saying, oh, but I remember all the people that got baptized back in 1950. Not one person getting saved. You're walking in a stagnant place. And sometimes that's because you're just not plugging in. But a lot of times it's because the environment that you're in is antiquated and miss the move of God and miss what God is doing and is unwilling to repent and move forward and God is saying come out so you can go forward 
It's not some cheap shot to try and make you come and now join Serve City. No, it don't matter. Even if it's not Serve City, you need to get to a place, come on somebody, where you're no longer zealous in the wrong direction. Don't matter how much service you do. Doesn't matter how many times you, doesn't matter if you are out of place. I'm telling you, California was one of the craziest places for me in my life. We were waking up. I didn't even have to check the weather. I was in this place that was considered paradise. I'd walk out my balcony on my in my drawers and walk out and look, you know, uh, like the Captain Morgan dude, just at mountains. Just like, just that was my view every single morning, fam. But even when I was in that position, there was such a restlessness. Come on. There was such a, it just was crazy. Isn't it crazy how paradise can leave you in a place of turmoil? Where things around you can even be working. But when you're, you can be in paradise, but when you're out of purpose... Paradise is persecuting. Come on, somebody. And there's some of you, there, it's, it, there, there's just an uneasiness in your spirit and there's an uneasiness in your life right now based upon where you are and you're like, but I got the job that I want or my kids are healthy or whatever, you know, and you're just, there's just something and it's oftentimes because you are in the wrong place or being zealous about things. Oh my God. Being zealous about things headed in the wrong direction. That's why in Mark chapter 7, verse 1 through 7, as Paul was in this category, I mean, he was an individual that was going on and he says, you know, and, and, and Jesus makes this declaration in Mark chapter 7, verse 1 through 7. He says that these people, he talks about them, these people that were, they were trying to trip up his disciples because they didn't wash their hands before they ate and carried out a lot of these laws because a lot of these laws were not even laws that God had commanded them. There ultimately were 613, many of which they added on themselves. And the fact of the matter is that Jesus says, even as it pertains to these things that you're doing, that you think are things that I have called you to do, the fact of the matter is, watch this, he says that these people worship me with their mouths or their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Here it is again. You can be zealous. You, can be, you know those people who do the most? The boss just asked your coworker. The boss just said, I need you to just write this one report, uh, a one pager. And then they show up and they just want to try and show off. So they show up and they write a five page report and they go over the top and just talk about some of y'all. You're quiet because that's you in this place. And they just do the most and they go above and beyond thinking that it's going to earn them some sort of favor. And they know that Jesus makes it clear. He says, in vain do they worship me, teaching for commandments the doctrines of men. In other words, doing things and adding things that you think are going to put you in a better place than you are right now with God. When in actuality, God is not looking for your extra effort. He's not looking. And many of you, you've been busting your tail and spending your resources, gambling away your money and things that are not purposeful instead of going with a surety and walking in the direction that God has called you to because some of you the reason why you're out of purpose is because of disobedience it's not always ignorance and we try to well I didn't know who me 
and we try to put ourselves there's some of you you know that the direction you're heading in is the wrong direction but you are bound by this religious action and God is saying to be free man I'm coming for all of it today be free in the name of Jesus stop be free from frustration be free from wasting time be free from just spending your resources and your money going nowhere come on it's time for you to have a relation of Jesus I see that woman had the issue of blood she's spending all of her money wasting all of her resources years and not going anywhere she's been spending all this effort in this time doing something and investing in something that's not going anywhere and she got to the place where she had a revelation she said i don't even need to dive all the way in if i could just touch the hem of Jesus garment there, there, there there's something in this one touch uh, uh, if I can there's something in this one touch that is greater than all the resources that I've expended uh, I didn't even have to spend a dollar to get what it is that is in his garment just she said I, she didn't even say if I could give him a hug she said, if I could just touch the hem. And she says, if I can just get to this place where I can touch the hem of Jesus, that revelation, that, that, that touching of the hem did far greater than any of the resources she spent. Uh, there's some of you that are getting ready to have a suddenly turnaround. Come on. I, oh, watch it. Watch it. Watch it. I, I want you to catch this. Catch this. Some of y'all are getting ready to have a suddenly turnaround. What do I mean? You've been spent. What God's getting ready to do in your life in this moment is greater than any of the hundreds of dollars that you spent. Come on. All of the nights that you've cried. Somebody. I wonder if there's anybody that believes this. There's the, I'm declaring it over you. What he's getting ready to do in a moment with a revelation of Christ is something that you've been waiting for for your whole life. If you would just get to the place where you would even just touch the hem oh man oh that's revelation she got in a moment more than anything she could buy for buy that's what grace is you just need to rest are you with me here it is point three and they got two more and i'm done here it is number three don't let passion alone be the governor of your actions so this is it because the apostle paul he's like yo i got to a place where i was so zealous i was zealous after the traditions of my fathers i was zealous in this sort of a position and now he says you know i'm in a position where i got lit up i got knocked off my horse now i'm zealous and passionate for the things of god for letting people of how God is moving now for calling people to put trust and faith in Christ in the grace of God and so there are many of you you're like man well you know I'm passionate about X Y and Z I'm passionate about doing this when I grow up some of y'all aren't saying when I grow up anymore but you still acted in that sort of a way right now because there are many of you you are in an unfulfilled place and you're like what is it that I'm supposed to do and let me tell you this the reason why many of you I'm gonna read this because I just have to read it there are many of you who are in a place where you're not even experiencing what God has for you. And the reason why is because you've been making boastful declarations about things that God and putting your faith in things that God has not even said over your life. And so look, watch this. So you're not supposed to be passionate. Here it is. Don't let passion alone. Something, what are you passionate about? That's something we talk about today, right? What are you passionate about? And many of us are led by God, our passion instead of God's word. 
Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, trust in the Lord. Write it down if you don't know. It's my life verse. With all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Who's with me? In all your ways, acknowledge him and what? He will direct your path. And some of us, we can quote this thing, but you're still in a crooked place. Because you're making vain declarations, you're leaning to your own understanding, and you're trusting in yourself and your situation with all your heart. I'm just trying to set somebody free today. Here it is, and I always say, don't do things your way and expect to get God's results. Here it is. Just, just blew right past it. Look, James chapter, I want you to see this. I want you to understand this. James chapter 4, what book did I say? You can put it up on the screen for me, Leon. James chapter 4, verse 13 and onward. Peep this. Look at this. For all of you that think that the universe is God or we say God in the universe and we just exchange and I, told, I rebuked that a few weeks ago. I'm telling you, listen, man, this ain't no universe. The, the universe did not create all this. God created the universe. Come on. And we serve someone who's greater than the universe. And so look, here we go. Look at what this declares to us. So we don't just put stuff out in the universe and we don't just are out here just creating our path and our way just listlessly. No, we want to walk in purpose as to what God has called us to. Are you still with me? James chapter 4 verse 13. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Doesn't that sound like some of us? I'm going to do this and my goal is blah, 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 blah. And there's nothing wrong with making goals. But look at what he says in the text. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. Here it is. I'm not making it up. It's in the text. What is your life for a mist or a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes? And then he goes on and says in verse 19, verse 15, watch this. Instead, this is the Bible, not me. You ought to say... If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or do that. As it is you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. So here James makes it clear. And James is the guy that bounces this thing out. He says, yes, you need to have faith. And yes, you need to set goals. But your faith needs to be in God and not in the desired outcome. Come on, somebody that you have created for yourself. Come on. That is out of line of what it is that God has called us to. And there are many of us, you're creating your future and you're speaking things into existence. But are you speaking into existence what God has called you to walk in? Or are you speaking into existence the things that in your arrogance and in your boasting you desire to see for your life be free from wasting time and be free from the frustration of stuff you've been declaring certain things and the reason why they haven't been coming to pass is why because you've been in a position where you're saying things that aren't even in alignment with God's word God this is my husband and I declare that this time next year that he is going to be my husband and he married to somebody else. Well, see, and see, this this funny stuff, because when you hear me say stuff like this, you think I'm you think I'm sport mecking, right? You think this is a joke. 
But there's people in here right now and you think, oh, that's outlandish. There are people who believe in God for other people's husbands, come on, and other people's wives and not only this, and praying, praying imprecatory prayers for God to mess up somebody else's family so that they can have that person's spouse. And you might not be in as extreme as a place, but oftentimes we are acting in this manner with the word of God and declaring and praying into stuff and expending effort in certain things that God has not called us to. Don't let passion alone be the governor of your actions. And can I give you the last one? Here it is. Because the Apostle Paul, he has this encounter in Acts chapter 9. And it's nuts. And I want to give you this point here. Oh, it's already up on the screen. Here it is. Be cognizant of and obedient to God's correction of your direction. Pick it, pick it. Here we go. Be cognizant of and obedient to God's correction of your direction. One of the greatest promises in we have in scripture is that God will direct our paths. And God's desire is for you to head, be headed in the right direction. Somebody needs to know that God is for you today. Come on. And the many, the, you might not even be for you. Come on. But God is for you. God's desire is to see you head in the right direction. And sometimes, watch this, sometimes his, oh, his, his correction comes through a submission hold. He meets Paul on the road. He knocks him off of his high horse. He blinds him and says, not all. And Paul responds in that moment. He ends up getting baptized and all of that. So there's still a response that he makes. But he licks him off his horse and says, I'm going to use you to be a servant to go and preach me to the Gentiles. Some of you, he goes to Jonah, Jonah and Jonah chapter, two, the Bible makes it clear in the book of Jonah, Jonah was being disobedient and going in the other direction, wasting time, headed in the other direction and paying fear to get, paying a fare to get on a boat, investing resources to go in the opposite direction than what God had told him to. He gets thrown overboard and God sends a fish to correct his path. And even after God, so God, he gets it. Jonah in the belly of the whale could have said, forget this. It's over. Who cares? I'm not doing this. And he could have stayed there and ignored even getting swallowed by a fish. Oh my, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong in this moment because there's someone, you're in the belly of a fish right now. Some of you, you're in the headlock of the Lord right now. And God's saying, I have so much more for you than this, end, this relationship that you're in right now. Come on. And I'm not telling you to go get divorced from your husband. But some of y'all dating somebody to keep punching you in the face. Come on. And abusing you mentally. Come on. And doing things to you behind the scenes that many of us can't see the bruises. But it's happening. And God is saying, it's time for you to get up. And it's time for you to move on. Come on. There are some of you right now that you have been spending these, these finances in an irresponsible way and God is saying I have more for you and your generations than poverty come on and he's calling you out of this poverty and saying you've got to be a better steward and you're in the belly of the fish there are some things that are happening that are challenging you as it pertains to stewardship and God is saying don't ignore the calling and the direction of the Lord come on I'm yelling not because I'm mad but I'm yelling because I want I'm passionate about seeing you and your generations change because of the, the decisions that you make to listen to the Lord some people say God is always a gentleman no sometimes he'll lick you off your horse fam sometimes he'll send a fish to nyam you true say 
Well, just be making up this theology. Jesus is a gentleman. The Holy Ghost is a gentleman. Yes, sometimes he'll knock and he'll say, I stand at the door and knock. And if you want to, but sometimes he'll bust you upside your head if you need a wake up. Come on, because how many of you know that sometimes love looks like a kick in the pants over a kiss on the cheek? And sometimes God sees more. Oh my, I just. <laughs> sometimes it's a gentle nudge. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 through 13. Elijah's there and he's waiting to hear from God and God is not in the world, Rin. God is not in the earthquake, but God is in a still small voice in that moment. And so sometimes God speaks softly. And there's some of you that you're hearing that in your heart right now. now. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the hindrance is for you, but I'm just believing for breakthrough that the Lord is speaking to you on today. And some of you, you just, <sighs> Kanye, and y'all laughing, and that's the problem. And the issue is that nobody can even get delivered and saved. Nobody can even talk about transformation without the church being the first ones to point the finger. Oh, imagine if we treated Paul like we do Kanye. Paul, the reason why he says, I'm going to go into this next week, but he says, I didn't go and consult with a bunch of people and all this sort of stuff. He's like, because the people that used to look at the mandem and be like, yo, you were persecuting Christians and now you're out here preaching Christ. This can't be. And they often, they tried the church was the biggest hindrance in the especially they were the ones the church these individuals and then the past came along as well and are we doing that to kanye do we not believe that it's possible for jesus to save kanye west oh man I, i'm done brian you could just, I'm, I'm done is jesus not capable of saving and we act surprised and start talking about, oh, well, you know what he used to do. Some of y'all used to do worse. <laughs> Merciful. I'm just so glad that Jesus is still saving people and he's saving people of influence. And how about we pray for the brother that God would capture, truly bring him from a place of spiritual infancy and bring him to a place where he ends up. I just declare it over this. Can we lift our hands right now in this moment? I just pray Jesus, even over Kanye West, over this record that he has put out right now. God, I pray that you would raise him up, God, in the name of Jesus to save even more people than he has led astray in his life. Let, he, let, the, let the cries of you continue to come forth out of his life. And let this transformation stick and stay and let people be influenced for your glory and we thank you and give you praise in jesus mighty name let everybody say yeah. come on can we give god praise in this moment